<laughs> well, thank you, Christine, for this talk. I think you, I think you are the first digital nomad that I reconnect with for a very long while. I think that is what makes me miss being on the road and meet other people and share stories. I think that is part of the digital nomad life that I really miss. Welcome to Badass Digital Nomads, where we're pushing the boundaries of remote work and travel, all while staying grounded with a little bit of old school philosophy, self-development, and business advice from our guests. Hey there, Kristen from Traveling with Kristen here, and welcome to episode 167 of Badass Digital Nomads. If you tuned in last week to my interview with Jiang Cao of Vietnam, you may have noticed that the interview abruptly cut off around 34 or 35 minutes into the interview. Uh, we did some troubleshooting there and we're not sure exactly what happened. It seemed like there was a problem with that file exporting. And although I updated it the same day, I realized it didn't populate to all of the podcast feeds. So in today's episode, I've decided to dedicate it to the second half of Jiang's interview, and it cut out right in the juicy part, right in the middle, where she was talking about her struggles with relationship issues and with loneliness, and it was so riveting. I'm so sorry to leave you all hanging like that. So we will play the rest of the interview for you today, and I hope you enjoy. In other news, however, Digital Nomads for Dummies, the ebook version, is officially out by the time this podcast will be published. So you can start reading the ebook now, and the physical copies of the book will be shipping out starting this week. I am so excited to announce that the book is at number one and number three right now. So both versions of the book are in the top three on Amazon in business travel releases. So thank you so much for your support. And as a thank you to each and every one of you who have been supporting the podcast, supporting the YouTube channel, out there buying the book and keeping it at number one, on Amazon new releases for months now, I've decided to do something that I've never done before, and I'm offering a flash sale for one-on-one -on -one consultations with me. So I'm offering 50% off one-on-one -on -one phone or Zoom consultations to talk about anything that you want to talk about related to travel, living abroad, or finding a remote job or starting an online business. So anything that will help you go location independent, I am here to help. You now have a book, a roadmap for becoming a digital nomad, but I also know the benefits of working with people one-on-one -on -one, and I've been working with my clients one-on-one -on -one for well over 10 years now. So I wanted to give all of you a thank you and also the option to talk with me one-on-one -on -one for half off. So I will drop the link in the show notes. You can also go to travelingwithkristen.com slash store and you have up to one year 
to book your consultation. So you can book as many as you want or you can reserve as many as you want now and then you can book them throughout the year. This is the only time I've ever done something like this and I don't know if or when I'll ever offer it again. So there is one caveat and that is that this is a limited time offer. You will have until midnight on Friday, August 12th. So you have the next three days to book. But again, you can hold those consultations and book them with me throughout the year. So you can wait until next week, next month, whenever you feel like that call is going to come in handy for you. So if there's something that's been on your mind lately and you want to get some feedback, some support, strategy, or just a sounding board for your plans, then head over to travelingwithkristin.com store or directly with the link in the show notes and you can book a call with me today. Again, thank you so much for helping make Digital Nomads for Dummies the number one and number three selling books on Amazon in business travel releases. It's my pleasure to give a gift back to you, and I hope that today you enjoy the second half of my interview with the lovely Jiang Kao. Yeah, did you have any relationships? Did you date anyone when you were traveling as a nomad? I think dating is, was definitely my problem. <laughs> it's also <laughs> another problem. I didn't really date anyone, but kind of like it's not something like official and it's kind of ended badly. But it's also, I feel like it's my problem, even though some people might have that problem, but I don't want to make it like very general, nomad thing, right? Because a lot of people has been traveling with their partner and they also find fulfilling relationship on the road. I think mm-hmm. so it's more like about uh, my very personal problem <laughs> but I feel like dating in a digital nomad world I don't know it just seem like you only meet this person on the road you don't know their circle you don't know their lifelong friends some kind of that or you don't know what they're going to be in their own environment you only know them when they're on basically holiday half holiday so everything can be very nice and rosy and like idealistic at that time because you're both in a place where you don't have any kind of normal responsibility. And then you can just talk about feels good things and you don't know who they are when they are not in that frame of mind, right? So I think it's harder to get to know someone really well before you jump into something like our relationship with them and also coupled with the loneliness that is when you are lonely you kind of feel like okay uh, I'm definitely more kind of like needy when I'm traveling because I feel like I want more interactions and I want to be with someone more because I feel lonely even though I know that it's not healthy but I think it's not a really good base to for being in a for starting a relationship. So I think all of the good relationship I have is when I am I started when I'm back home and I'm surrounded by friends and I have all kind of other activity that I can go into. So I can just pace myself to get to know someone. But when I'm on the road as a digital nomad, I feel like everything has happened very fast. 
because you feel like you don't have enough time. Like you're going to leave at the end of the month, maybe. And then you want to get to know them very fast before that time ends, for example. And when a relationship ends, it often ends very easily too, because you can just go to a different country and then never see each other again. So it's not like you have the inclination or you have the obligation to make that work because you will have to see this person like for a long time, right? So it's very easy just to cut tie because you will need to work a lot to come back and reconnect yeah. to solve some kind of problem. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like it comes like this turning point where you have to know by the end of the month or, you know, three months, if you want to invest more time and energy in that relationship, or if it's just going with the flow to the next place. And then that could mean the end of that relationship. And how do you usually connect with people when you're in these countries? How do you meet people? So naturally, I think I am an introvert. But it's most like when I go to a new country, I can just like being a thick extrovert. <laughs> like I can just go around and be friendly and meet people and go to places with them. But I think recently, I like you said, co-living is one of the main thing channel that I use to connect with people. So I choose to live in co-livings instead of going to getting my own place and then go to co-working. Because I feel like I am very focused when I'm at work. So I don't want to talk to anybody when I'm at work. Versus with co-living, when I'm working, I'm working. But after that, we can have like share meals. We can have like time in common rooms. And I think that is really good way to get to know people. And I think that is my favorite way of traveling. When I go to a new place, I will just try to find a co-living that I like and stay there for a while. So in Malaysia, I was staying in a co-living like that. And I think that is my main way of getting to know people. And the co-living also welcome local people coming there and work. So I made a tons of local friends who are still friends until now. And yeah, so my main channel of finding new people right now is going to co-living. Yeah, that was a really good channel for me too. I met a lot of people that way and... Japan and Norway and all different countries. How did your perception of being a nomad change during the pandemic? So you went to Malaysia. At first, you thought you were just going for two weeks and then, then you get stuck during the pandemic. So how did that change your perception of being a digital nomad? Oh, that definitely. Like, I'm not saying changing it like completely. But I definitely add more depth to what I feel like my digital nomad journey should be like. So before that, I think I was just jump from place to place. And being stuck in Malaysia is actually very unexpected, even though I like the place. And I came back to Malaysia. At that time, it was four or five times. So after I got stuck there, I was staying in a co-living called the Hatchery Place, which is a place I really like. And they have a lot of plants and they have a cat. And then because the host cannot come to the place often because, because of the pandemic and the lockdown to take care of them. So I say I can help them take care of the plants. So taking care of the plants, it was, it was really helping 
during a pandemic because it gives some kind of routine and a stability. It has like a healing property to it. So I just keep doing that every day. And I realized that it's really helped me to connect to that particular place just by seeing the plants grow every day. And I even grow some plants from a seed. So it's something that I don't, I never do when I was traveling from place to place. I think that is make a difference with my stay here compared to all of the year that I've been like going, bumping from place to place and never really stay long enough for to wait for a seed to grow, you know? And that is about the plants and the cats, but then about the people. And the people I met there, I keep meeting them. It's just like, it's not just one or two dinner or it's not just one or two conversation. It's just I keep meeting the same people every week. And I think by just by doing that, I made really good friends and friends that is gonna, just gonna, is still within my life to this day. And then I think it changed me, it changed my perception of making friends. Because I think before I think like friends, they should be interesting. We should have really deep conversation and we should be really inspiring. But then I realized that friends, they are the most important things about them is that they are there. They are there when you need them and they are there when you need someone to hang out. And when you feel lonely, like you want to go somewhere, you can call them up. So the time in Malaysia just make me think that, okay, the most important quality of a friend is that is to be there for you. Right. Mm-hmm. And I made really good local friends during a time when I was in Malaysia, which is two years. But now I think like one year is a minimum amount of time that I stay in one place, whether it's like a long stretch of time or if I coming back for, for that place. But I think it's, it's really take time to really build a connection with someone and to make that person like a permanent part of your life. Yeah. Do you think that you'll keep going back to Malaysia to visit those friends? Or what are your plans to do next as a nomad? Well, right now, I actually don't have any particular plan for any place. So right now, is my plan is also depending on some other person's plan because we actually just get to know each other. We just got to know each other. and. We planned that we had to find somewhere where we, we both can go easily and we can have some kind of extended period of time to get to know each other. Because before that, like I tell you, as a digital nomad, if you want to get to know someone, it's often happened very fast because you always feel like you're running out of time. So right now, I am me and that person decided that, okay, we are just going to do it the normal way. We're going to take the time and get to know someone by spending a lot of time with them and just keep doing a lot of things together and have different experience together. So just like normal people do. And that's what I have in mind. So right now, I feel like after being a digital nomad for a few years, I feel like I'm very comfortable with in my own skin right now. And I can just be comfortable everywhere. Like all of the things we deal with, like visa, accommodation, where to eat, something like that. It just seems like a very normal thing to do. And it's, I can just 
do it like this everyday chores, right? And so right now my plan is just to, I don't know, go with the flow. Just like everyone else saying, right? But that's what yeah. I find to I think there's like this kind of tension or kind of back and forth between wanting to travel and explore the world and like see what's next and what's the next step and what's around the corner. But then also having that other more settled and grounded side and having like a home life and having friends. I think that's so important too. Like I was showing you in my screen, my, my plants that are here and that I've had for a couple of years now. And I've noticed that I've been in one place long enough to see my orchid grow three stems. Like I've never had an orchid that just kept re-sprouting, but I've had it for almost two years now. So it keeps like renewing itself. You, you keep an orchid alive. Yeah. Good one. <laughs> a good one. It's like the best one I've ever had. And, and my poor lettuce. Oh, but you said you grew plants from seeds and I did the same thing. I grew tomatoes from seeds and they grew so big that they were up to the roof of my patio and I had to give them away. And then I have this lettuce patch that died because I went to Chicago for the weekend. And, you know, you start to realize that, yeah, like you have to be consistent with watering your plants every day for them to stay alive. And, but then there comes this time where it's like on one hand, I notice that the palm trees outside my window have grown higher. And there's these signs around my neighborhood that are about coconut grove. And one of them says, they have poetry on them, like haikus and stuff. And one says like something about staying in a place long enough to enjoy the shade of trees that you might have planted. And that just really sticks with me because there's so much significance in staying in a place for so long that you, you know, watch your kids grow up and the trees grow and on the other end of the spectrum, because we're humans and everything is like duality and polarized, we have this other urge to explore. And so I think it's about balancing or like finding that point in the tension, I guess, balance where you can have a somewhat, you know, normal and grounded life with the human connection and community and relationships that are important. But then you also have that personal growth that comes through travel. You have the challenge that comes through travel. You have like the exploration, the excitement. And like after two and a half years in Miami, I'm definitely feeling like it's time for me to travel again, but maybe, you know, that travel comes to an end that, that destination, you know, you kind of come to the end of your time there and then it's time to go somewhere else or it's time to go back home. And maybe that is the pattern of, an evolving nomadic lifestyle is maybe having a little bit of both. What do you think? Yeah, I think it really depends on the person, right? But I think you go to a nomad just to know what it's like. And some people can go like live that life forever, but some really need roots. Like you and I just said, we want something we take care of and we can own. Yeah, it's really like a kind of, I don't know who said that, Confucius. It is like the art of like keeping everything moderate. Like you don't have too much of this thing or that mm -hmm. thing. And everything is better in moderation. 
And I think that's not like that. You want stability and you want some kind of route and you want to be in a place long enough to see how all of the effort in one place turn into. I think it also has some kind of significance in life because not everything in life is happening fast, right? Because you plant something and then you need to wait for a month for it to grow. And I think to have that patience to see some, something grow like that is a part of life that we need to cherish. But the nomadic things is where you can just go and you can just have all kinds of experiences, different experiences and see different perspectives and meet different people. And I think that is something that not many people can do in the past, but now we can do it like with quite a lot of more ease. And I think we just need to take the opportunity. And I think this is a part of being in born in this time. And I think I'm thankful for that because it allowed me to just go to somewhere where my parents cannot go. And just to have to widen my mind into something that they are not exposed to. So yeah, definitely a little bit of both for me, please. Yeah. So I think at the end of the journey, I don't think it will ever end, right? We're just going to keep to think we're going to do something next with our life and whether it is to stay in one place or whether is it to go somewhere else. I think it's still the part of our life that is not like defined by anything unless we want to, mm. right? So, yeah. That's such great advice. I'm for it. <laughs> but I really like to be able to meet different people and just to meet them like I as a kid I always watch television like and I want to go to a lot of places I couldn't do that until recently right so I don't know sorry I just feel like my mind is drifting right now <laughs> is this because there's this like in the morning and in the morning usually my mind was really not really focused but <laughs> <laughs> more coffees okay you eat you eat <laughs> My last question for you, though, would be how has travel changed you, you know, in the past five or six years? Do you feel like the same person or do you feel like a better version of yourself? How has that changed you since the beginning of your nomadic journey through today? Yeah, good question. The thing that changed me about the most is to be more aware of what the other person people might be thinking because I grew up in one country and I was raised in one country so I wasn't often exposed to different culture different perspectives and so when I meet other people sometimes I don't realize that we are that different of course we are the same in many ways but we are also very different in another way for example in Vietnam it's quite socially acceptable to say racist things Mm-hmm. or sexist thing it's quite acceptable to just say that okay women are weak and men are strong something like that it's also quite socially acceptable to just say that you're fat like to say someone is fat for example but when I meet people I realize those kind of things are often quite sensitive to talk about and then it's also important to have your own opinion about something Rather than this to say that, okay, everyone is saying that. So that's how it is, right? So for me, I was more aware of what the other person might be thinking. And I try to learn about their perception and their perspective. And that is somehow just 
challenge my own thinking. Like, why did I think that way? Why did I act a certain way? And by being in a new place, when nothing is familiar and nothing is like the environment that I grew up with, and I believe that a lot of things we call ourselves, it basically is our is this how we are conditioned to think, and we are taught certain things and we are expected to behave in a certain way. But when we travel, there's none of that around us. We just need to find a new way to act and how to adapt to some places that we, to some new perspective or cultural value that we are not exposed to before. And I think that in a way, I don't think I am become the place that I go to. It's mostly like, I started to think like, okay, so there are so many different ways of thinking or doing things. Everyone is thinking that they are doing the right thing. <laughs> so like, who is right, who is wrong, right? So I think it's, it makes me more like a very uh, questioning. It makes me become more critical in thinking about how I act and why I act that way or this way. So I realize a lot of things we are conditioned to do. So right now, I just keep in questioning, like, why I do that, why people do things. And I think for me, it gives me a lot of freedom because I realize that nothing is set in stone and then nothing that tradition, there is a tradition, is just because people keep doing that way. And then for me, it makes me become a very, how do I say, flexible. Mm-hmm. It gives me a very flexible kind of, mindset when it comes to different cultural value and I feel like I can tolerate a lot of differences in people now and I feel like differences doesn't really bother me as much as before I feel like everyone is entitled to their opinion right and my opinion is not like it's, it's always changing it just seems like I'm exposed to more stuff and I can change my opinion and it can make me like a wishy-washy kind of person but I don't want to have like a rigid kind of belief system where I cannot accept another people's belief system, but it changed me. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. It's very helpful. And I feel the same way that you want to be flexible and open-minded, but then there's also like some principles that you want to keep and some beliefs that you want to hold to be true, but being able to travel and have those experiences allows you to integrate that on a deeper level compared to before. And then when you come back, you know, five years later or however long it is, you come back a different person, hopefully a better person. And then you appreciate those things about home and travel and find whatever the next step is. So thank you so much for sharing your experiences. What kind of advice or words of wisdom would you have for people that are coming from non-Western countries or maybe they're from a country where they don't know any other digital nomads and they either feel like, you know, maybe it's too difficult because of the visa situation or maybe it's not for them or that they don't have enough money or some other sort of blocks that are holding them back. Maybe their family doesn't want them to go. What would you, you know, say to them? The thing you said about family is, I think, is one of the things, the first thing that they have to deal with when they start this journey. Because usually our family would think like, yeah, it's a dangerous world out there. And then 
they worry about us. So that's why they don't want us to go on this journey. So I think the first thing you want to do is just to prove that you can take care of yourself. And I think a lot of people in who is coming from a less privileged country, they are actually more adaptable to a very difficult living situation. So I think it's less about the ability to adapt, but more about the self-consciousness that I have when you go out and you hang out with people from a Western world. So I think when I started, I was really self-conscious about where I'm coming from. Back then, my work, I was doing things for like, I mostly work with American clients. So I know that my work has been, can be accepted on an international level, right? But deep inside me, I still have this kind of self-consciousness that I am not good enough. I am not as good as people from Western country. And I think that is some kind of mental block that make it difficult for me to be a really good friend with people from around the world. And I think one thing that I can say to people from a developing world like that want to be a digital nomad is just that just to realize that people are, we are different, but we are also very similar in many ways. And then just because we are from a developing world doesn't mean like we cannot be a good friend with people from Western country or like developed world. And I think just to overcome that kind of self-consciousness make me become much more open and comfortable in social situation. And that is something that I think, yeah, just get that mindset right before or even during at the time when you are becoming a digital nomad. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's so incredibly inspiring. And it's just about facing that fear and that discomfort and then realizing when it's over that it wasn't so bad after all. Yeah. It's not so scary. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, it can be intimidating and scary, but it's great to hear from your experience, how you were able to transition from working for a company and being, you know, kind of bored with your traditional lifestyle to working for yourself, starting your side hustle, tripling your income and having these experiences, traveling as a solo female traveler to other countries, making friends, co-living. I mean, you've done so much in such a short time. And I'm sure that your family is proud now that they're like, okay, she knows what she's doing. <laughs> it's like they come kind of to the component of accepting now. Yeah, so acceptance. That's also a kind of achievement. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you're living life on your terms and you're doing what you want to do. And even though sometimes we can only see one step ahead or maybe only in the present moment and not even what the next step is, then you're still living life on your terms and, and doing what you want to do. So I'm so glad that our paths crossed. I'm glad that you had the idea to make the comics and to create that and put it out there on the internet for the rest of us to see. And I'm glad that we got to meet through that and many more people will get to see them in the book in digital nomads for dummies. So a lot of people have pre-ordered it so far. So I hope that they enjoy your comics and get a good laugh out of them. And for everyone else who wants to connect with you, maybe they want to just, you know, check your website. Maybe there's some people that are looking for some freelance graphic design work. How can they get in touch? 
you can find me on Behance because I'm still building my website with my more recent work. But I think you can find me on Behance with Jiang Kao, G-I-A-N-G space like K-O, K-A-O. Is it C-A-O uh, or K? I changed it to a K on Behance. Oh, okay. Okay. Pronounce more like K. Because a lot of people, they pronounce it C as a trust, like Chinese oh, people. Oh, yep. So I see it. Now it's Jiang Chao. Yeah. Okay, we will link to your Behance profile in the show notes. We'll link to Very Nomad Problems. And then for everyone who's listening, your bio will also be on our website on Badass Digital Nomads. So when you go to this show notes page, then you'll see Jiang's beautiful face at the bottom and her contact info there. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank, thank you, Christine, for-, for this talk. I think you really gave me a lot of inspiration into I think you are the first digital nomad that I reconnect with for a very long while I think the first new person yeah Mm -hmm. and I think that is what make me miss being on the road and meet other people and share stories I think that is part of the digital nomad life that I really miss and definitely I will not give up on that even though I'm saying I'm a kind of like a retired nomad now yeah, so I hope like the best with the books and I also hope to order it like yeah, let me know where I can I'll send you a copy for free. Oh, <laughs> Don't <nice>. worry. <laughs> I'll send you one. And then uh before you go, we forgot to ask you what is another place that people should visit in Vietnam? Cause I now I wanna go I mean I wanna go visit. I hope we get to see each other in real life, but for all the other travelers out there. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, definitely. Just if you go there, just let me know. Then I can just come to where you come in with your tour guide. So I think the favorite place of Digital Nomad right now is Da Nang, which is in the middle of Vietnam. Mm-hmm. They also have international airport, so you can also easily get there from, yeah, I don't know which part right now, but they definitely have a lot of direct flight to different cities in, in the world. And Da Nang, they have uh, bubbling because the nomad community they have the beach they have river mountain so beautiful city really clean compared to hanoi or saigon which is a big city so i think if you go to vietnam just start there to start in da nang if you want to spend longer time there you can go from the north and go to da nang like hanoi and da nang and then saigon if you want to go to the three cities, three big cities in Vietnam. But if you don't have the, enough time, let's go to Da Nang. I think okay. it's also my favorite place to visit. Yeah, I think it's one of the top locations that I've seen on Nomad List for Vietnam, I think. So that makes sense. We all know where we're going to go in Vietnam now. So thank you so much. Yeah, I hope I can welcome you soon. So yeah, just keep in touch. Maybe later this year, maybe I'll escape some winter and go over there. So yeah, we'll be in touch. We'll have a great day Friday over there, 12 hours difference and get some coffee, enjoy your day and we'll be in touch. Thanks everyone. Thank you and see you around. 
I really hope you enjoyed my conversation with Jiang today as much as I did. You can get a list of all the links and the places that we talked today in the show notes, as well as a link to buy my new book where you can see Jiang's art in print. Remember, you have until this Friday, August 12th at midnight Eastern time to get 50% off one hour phone or Zoom consultations with me that are good for up to one year. That's at travelingwithkristin.com slash store or by using the link in the show notes. I look forward to chatting with you soon and see you all again next week for a brand new interview.